Hi everybody, this is Netanel here, and this message is entitled, The Most Seriously Mistranslated Word in the Whole Bible. And I get upset when the Word of God is corrupted in translations, but there's, there's absolutely no excuse for this mistranslation. And it totally obscures one of the most important subjects that we have, which is very foundational uh, for our faith, which is uh, righteousness. We are justified through faith. We have a righteousness from God through faith. But this is only a, a small bit of the whole picture. And if we don't get the whole picture, we just have such an um, um, unbalanced faith and uh, view of the scriptures. Now for, for a start, Romans one uh, seventeen says, The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So if, if for a start, if we don't understand uh, what faith to faith means, we do not understand the righteousness of God, uh, which is revealed to us. We only understand half the story, and this is so serious. But the writers in the New Testament understood this, because this is what I'm sharing now. There's five verses in the Old Testament, and it's talking about a righteous branch. But um, Five verses. And if we understood this, they understood this. It was a no-brainer, because they were waiting for not the righteous branch, but the righteous plant. The word is not branch, which, which is enough in Hebrew. The word is plant. So if I can explain to you why it, righteousness is a plant and not a branch, and what the word plant means in Hebrew, then we're gonna have to. Then we're gonna, sorry, understand what righteousness is and what faith to faith is. If we and if we go through those five verses where the righteous plant is mentioned. Uh, Yesh, he's the Lord, our righteousness, and it's always associated with a plant, not a branch. And so the, it's very, it's absolutely essential for our for our faith, for for um, a balanced faith. Otherwise, we're going to be having a, an apostate faith. We're going to have a, a counterfeit anointings if we don't understand um, the very foundational principles um, of our faith. So right right now. Um, I'm in New Zealand. I went through something like 73 days in the war and I had three meltdowns there and the professionals that I was working with gave me a week off and that didn't work and they said I'm working with hostages and evacuees. The settlements had been evacuated around Gaza and um, trauma you know, victims etc. And um, they they said you have to get out of here. And my daughter works for the airlines, so I got a free ticket uh, to New Zealand. And you know, I I flew to Frankfurt, to San Francisco, and then to Auckland. And then I couldn't get to Auckland from Nelson, where um, I felt uh, that I was to stay. And um, so a, a lady that I haven't even met yet by the name of Esther. So, Thank you very much if you're listening. She she very, very kindly paid me tickets so I could um, get down to uh, Nelson. Um, you know, we're still believing. I haven't worked in those days. We're still believing in the Lord's finances. I still have to pay the rent at home and everything like that. And we've got bills that are melted up. And um, um, so, you know, I'm just trusting in the Lord to, to get us through everything. Uh, but I, I spent, you know, like, you know, my, my friends here, you know, Talia, Matt and Talia, the family, we, we just, we had like Shabbat at their place and, you know, in Shabbat you just, you rest, but you go over the scriptures. So, um, I was sharing this with Talia about it's a righteous plant and, uh, Talia's got a garden in, in New Zealand and she understands about plants 
and so I explained to her what the Hebrew meant, the word meant semach, and how it's associated with righteousness, and how that gives us an understanding of what righteousness really is. And uh, so, you know, we, uh, so this, I decided to um, record this after, um, you know, our conversation, and um, she, uh, Tali was able to help me articulate what I already knew um, in English um, in a more understandable way. So this is a result of um, their conversation, I think, yesterday. So why is righteousness associated or typified by a plant? And uh, how do we typify that plant, semach, in Hebrew? And let's just have a look at the five verses. I think Jeremiah 33, 15 is, is I think, the clearest verse here. Um, I'll just quote it for you. Um, in those days, in that time, I will cause the, not the branch of righteousness, but the plant of righteousness to grow up into the, in, unto David. And he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. Uh, in those days, Judah shall be saved and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name wherewith she shall be called the Lord our righteousness. So here we have Semach Staka, you know, a righteous plant. Here, Jeremiah, that's Jeremiah uh, 33, 15. Let's just go through the other four verses, Isaiah 4, 2 to 5. In that day, the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, not the branch, the Semach, Semach. Uh, I'll tell you what a Semach is now, and then let's just apply that to the word righteousness and how it fits into the word righteousness. Semach is a plant. You know, if you look at trees in the winter, they haven't got leaves on, and it's very hard to identify, you know, if it's an oak tree, if it's a olive, you know, well, well, some trees don't lose their leaves, and it's easy to identify them. But just imagine going into an, a nursery. A semach can, can be a plant of any kind or a tree of any kind, any kind of plant. It's, 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 it, the plant goes through the stage where it's a sprout, but then when, it, when it's beyond a sprout, it becomes a semach. Uh, and if you go into a nursery of plants growing, a semach, well, the word is semach, you, you probably won't be able to identify what it is unless you actually planted the seed yourself and put a label on it. Or if you're an expert, maybe you will be able to. But it's very, very difficult. And um, a semach, which is, um, you know, which is not the branch of righteousness, but a semach of righteousness, um, it's very vulnerable, you know, it, it needs to have the right amount of light, uh, the right nutrition in the water, um, the right amount of shade, it, you know, not too much shade, not big tall trees blocking it out, you know, from the sun. Um, it, it's very, very vulnerable. It, it, it needs to be nurtured. So how does that, the semach, how does, you know, the translators just um, couldn't imagine, you know, um, uh, you know, why this word was used in association with righteousness. Um, so, you know, a branch seems more applicable. A branch, because he's a branch of David, Abraham, you know, whatever, the promised Messiah, but it's not branch, it's semach, it's a plant. I'm just repeating it, repeating it, repeating it, because it just it just needs to be changed. A whole concept of what righteousness and the branch, it just needs to be, uh, you know, a, a friend you know, those that I was in contact with years ago, you know, John McTurnan, you know, it was a real revelation for him to realize because he had named his ministry, you know, the, the branch of righteousness, something like that. I don't, it was something associated with his ministry. And then he realized it was a plant and not a branch. Um, 
but still, it's um, we we have to really meditate and and think and see why a plant is associated with righteousness. So let's go for the other verses. Uh, Jeremiah twenty three five to six. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I rise up unto David a righteous branch, no, a righteous plant, and a king shall reign and prosper, and he shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In those days Judah shall be saved, and all Israel shall dwell in safety, and his name whereby shall, he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. So here we have the Semach associated with righteousness. It's very similar to Jeremiah chapter 33, 15, it's just, it's just about a, a repetition word for word. It's a little bit different. But then we go into uh, Zechariah 3, 8, and, and, it's going to give, and Zechariah is going to give us a different um, picture or a different angle to look at this. And 3, 8, it's Joshua the high priest, and he's got all these dirty garments on. And um, one second, I'll just get the scripture. Here I am, it's actually uh, 3 8. Yeah, I'm going to bring my servant the branch, not the branch, the semach. Branch in Hebrew is anath, this is semach. Um, and so, you know, Joshua's got all these filthy garments, and, uh, and uh, you know, Satan came along and um, was opposing this. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan, for the Lord has chosen Jerusalem, the Lord rebuke you. Um, which brings me to put this all in context. So, you know, Joshua is standing in filthy clothes. He's standing before the angel. And the angel said to those standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, I have taken away your sin and I will put fine garments on you. So uh, Joshua was uh, dressed in fine garments. And then it says, I'm going to bring forth the servant, the branch or the semach. And this, this is... So the whole process of having our filthy clothes removed and to be clothed in the garments of the high priest or clothed in the garments of the bride, whatever, um, the, the whole process uh, comes through uh, the semach, the plant. It's, it's not something that happens overnight. It's something that happens through righteousness and that we grow into. You know, God has taken away the iniquity of the land in one day, if you put this in context. Um, but, but, the, but that taking away the iniquity is, is the platform which, um, which allows the plant to grow in. The plant can't grow, but the plant's got to grow. And as that plant grows and is nurtured, uh, our filthy clothes are removed and uh, Jerusalem is established again because the Lord has chosen Jerusalem. You know, Isaiah 62 says that for Zion's sake, we're not to hold our peace, we're not to give ourselves any rest until, um, until Jerusalem's righteousness is bright and their salvation is a burning lamp. And, um, you know, for God chosen Jerusalem, he's chosen Jerusalem to establish it in righteousness and uh, we have to give God no rest until Jerusalem becomes a righteous city. Uh, and the city is just burning and shining forth righteousness, a light for the whole world. And this is God's purpose. You know, God choosing Jerusalem isn't a matter of the Six-Day War. When, we, when as Jerusalem became in Jewish hands again, uh, God choosing Jerusalem means he has to prepare a holy people, um, a people of righteousness to live there. And this is what he is doing now, but, but it's a remnant and it's only one of two thirds 
and this is what the whole book of, of Zechariah is about. It's about God has chosen Jerusalem, and yet again is he remembering Jerusalem. And uh, we see that um, very clearly in the name of um, Zechariah, Zechariah. Um, it means the remembrance of Yahweh. But uh, Zechariah, or male, is much, the word is, uh, has a deeper meaning of just remembrance. It, it means to be circumcised of heart. Because if you take the three letters of the word Zechariah, which is to remember, it, it really means it, it, it's cutting off the cover over the head. Yeah, I'll repeat it, cutting off the cover over the head. That's what the pictorial letters represent. You know, the, the Zion, the Chaf, and the Resh in Hebrew. And so it's cutting off the cover over the head. It's circumcision. You know, we have, to, you know, Jerusalem, when God chooses Jerusalem, um, the only way that Jerusalem can be a righteous city is if we are holy to the Lord, if we're circumcised in heart. And that's what remembrance means. It means to be circumcised in heart. So um, in the context of the Semach, uh, where, where to grow into his righteousness, where, to, where a circumcised heart just doesn't come the day you believe, it's, it's growing into, it's nurtured into, and this is this plant, it's a Semach. And we see this very clearly in Isaiah chapter 4, one of the references to the word Semach here. So this this look at Isaiah 4.2, when it's the branch of the Lord or the Semach of the Lord will be beautiful, let's look at it in context. It's talking about a remnant. And look, at, look down to verse 4. The Lord is going to wash away the filth of the daughters of Zion. He shall purge their blood from the mist by the spirit of judgment and a spirit of burning. Uh, um, Jerusalem isn't a matter of conquering it. Um, it's, it's a matter of righteous people being refined to live in it. It's a matter of God raising up a remnant. And once again, in, in Zechariah, two-thirds are going to perish, and one-third um, are going to come forth. And this is what Isaiah 62 is, is, is to establish Jerusalem as, as a praise in all the earth, as a holy city, as, 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 as inhabitants are holy, as a righteous city. And there's not a lot of righteousness there at the moment. And uh, here's the last reference, Zechariah 16. Behold the man whose name is the branch, not branch, whose, man, whose name is the semach, the plant. It's, it's just a simple, vulnerable plant that hasn't grown into a tree. It could grow into a shrub. shrub. It could grow into anything. But it's just, it's just got over the stage of um, being a sprout, and now it's just a, it's a vulnerable plant. And, and he's, he's going to, this vulnerable plant, which is a semach, which absolutely baffles translation, this, this little wee semach, which isn't even a tree yet, isn't even a shrub, isn't even bearing any fruit, a semach does not bear any fruit. It, is, it hasn't grown enough to bear fruit. So why is it called a semach? I'm going to finish this off. Um, but he builds the temple of the Lord, in verse 13, uh, Zechariah 6.13, um, he shall sit and rule upon his throne, the Semach, and uh, he shall be a priest upon his throne and the council of peace between, between them both. He'll be a king and a priest, but he's just a Semach. Okay, so let's just um, elaborate on that a little bit. Um, you know, Psalm 1, you, you've got, you, uh, you've got um, um, sorry, Psalm 2. I'm just going to read Psalm 2. Uh, Psalm 2, 6 and 7. You know, God has set his, his king on Mount Zion, 
Um, he says, you are my son, today I've begotten thee. And he says, ask of me and I will give you the, the nations, the heathen, for your inheritance. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. And um, in Revelations 2.26, we've got the same. We've got, he that overcomes and keeps my word to the end, I will give you authority over the nations, and you shall rule them with a rod of, rod of iron, as, as vessels of potter. They shall be broken into shivers. You know, um, as I receive from my Father, I, I give to you. So here here in, in Psalm 2, we've got, you know, the son, you know, you're my son, it's in the singular, but it's really corporate, because, you know, Jesus, we're, we're his brothers, he's the firstborn among many brothers. If, if we suffer with him, we also rule with him. We are heirs of the Father, joint heirs with the Son. So it's, it's corporate, it's hidden in the Old Testament, it's singular in the Old Testament, but, but it's semach, and, and God, God looks upon, um, so Jesus is a semach, he, he's, the, he's the plant of righteousness, but really we are the plants of righteousness. And and we have to the God's people have to be nurtured. They have to be protected. They have to be watered. Um, and in in the Western Church, you know, I I see us as very individualistic. You know, even even the best of the house groups and the best of the congregations, we're so independent. We just don't know what's going on in any other everyone else's life. And quite often, I, so many people are just hurt by the church because they're not heard. Their needs aren't met. The whole structure is like a a, a wineskin that can't uh, contain the wine. And I learned this very much um, um, discipling Orthodox. You you cannot bring an Orthodox to faith, um, or very you know with without having to nurture them. You can't just tell them well come to house group on Wednesdays and church on Sundays and shake hands with the pastor and then maybe meet him once a month and have a talk with him. It just doesn't work that way. You know, we, we need plurality of plasters within, in, in every congregation. You know, we need a functioning body of church. Um, they, they need to be nurtured every day, you know. And when I'm um, discipling Orthodox, um, we actually pray with them at least twice and sometimes three times a day in the mornings and in the evenings. And... Um, and that's regularly, and, and we, we wash their feet in the evening, we talk about their day, and uh, it's, it's a nurturing, and the early church did it this way, or the Zinzendorf, these are just two, two, the Moravians, these are two church movements that just knew how to nurture, and they were very powerful church movements, and uh, today, they everyone used to live in a community, the early church, right up to the 15th of, the, uh, of September 397, they lived in a, in a community together where they sold all their possessions and we've become so individualistic. Uh, it's very hard to, um, to be a part of a body or friends where you have that nurturing and you have that feeding and uh, the way that God desires it, that we can grow into righteousness because righteousness is growing into, is, is from faith to faith. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And it's typified by a semach, by a plant, not by a branch, by a plant. And um, it, it's, it's not the sort of thing that's going to rule the nations. Just this, um, just this vulnerable little plant which hasn't even got any leaves or haven't got any real branches or haven't got any real fruit. Or, or it's, just, it's, just, it's just 
um, an infant. That's what uh, a semach is. It's, it's, a, it's an infant. And, um, but it's, righteousness is, is typified that way to show us that it, it, it has to be nurtured, it has to be watered, it has to grow into what it needs to become. And that's why it's typified as a plant. Um, you can brainstorm and think and um, you know apply that, but um, we we absolutely need to nurture and to be nurtured, and uh, and wash each other's feet, and um, I think have such a much more relationship. You know, build trust, uh, build community, and Esther Wilder and um, and in McGill Chris say you know immigrant so you know, immigrant groups that you know came into America um, you know even they had a, a bad lifestyle diets you know drinking uh, there there wasn't any of these mental illnesses or other illnesses in them but the more they were assimilated into American society the more they got their diseases and their mental illnesses you know uh, the, the best um, solution for um, inner healing is community, far better than all the methods that we have of praying healing for people. Community is far more healing and, uh, and we hardly know it and we haven't got that structure. You know, we've got either in cities or in buildings on top of each other. We live all over the city separated from one another. Um, but, you know, Jewish communities and religious communities, they live around each other. They don't go um, across the other side of the city to go to the synagogue. It, if I go to Mir Sharim, the synagogue is just down the road. They 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 just all flock together in a neighbourhood uh, where their rabbi is and where their synagogue is and where they learn, and they grow in their community and they all know one another. And we bring them into a church, which which is just they can't cope with it. They can't cope with that disconnection. Uh, um, and I think uh, the. Maori people uh, in New Zealand, you know, no community, and um, I, I think as as time has gone off on, as and as when I was growing up in New Zealand, um, I think it's changed quite a bit, but it's still there, it's still in their hearts, and um, I, I think they're, I think they're, you know, they're besides the Jewish people, I think, um, you know, in my experience, they they. They, they have an understanding of community, not not every one of them, but but much better than any other ethnic group that I know of. Um, of course, there are that, that do understand community, but in, in my experience of traveling the world, there might be others as well. I'm not saying there's not, but they do understand community. And uh, the Jewish people, uh, the Orthodox especially, understand the power of community, the power of nurturing, and the need to be nurtured. And that's what it is. The, the, the Lord, our righteousness, is, is Yahweh, said Kenu, is actually associated with the word semach, not with the word branch. So I hope that's some um, food, food for thought for you. The Lord bless you for now.